Welcome to The Immigrant Voice, where we delve into the intricate and constantly changing world of U.S. immigration law. I'm Lean Tran Layton, a U.S. immigration attorney with over a decade of experience, and I'm an immigrant myself. I'll be covering a variety of U.S. immigration law topics, and I'll also share real-life client stories and answer listener questions. Quick disclaimer, the information provided in this podcast is informational only and should not be taken as legal advice. With that said, let's dive into the fascinating and ever-changing world of U.S. immigration law. In today's episode, we're going to talk about family-based immigration. So we'll talk about which family members are eligible for family sponsorship. We'll talk about the different categories of family-based visas, as well as the difference between adjustment of status versus consular processing and kind of how that all works procedurally. And then we'll talk about the visa bulletin a little bit and so that you have a better understanding of how that works. And then we'll talk about potential wait times And then we'll also talk a little bit about fiancé visas. The most common way people end up immigrating to the United States is through being petitioned by a family member. So let's talk about the types of family members who would be able to come through a family sponsorship. So in these cases, we have the petitioner and the beneficiary. So the petitioner is going to be the person who is petitioning for the family member. And the petitioner has to be either a U.S. citizen or a green card holder or lawful permanent resident. So you may hear me use those terms interchangeably, but they mean the same thing. So let's talk about petitioners who are U.S. citizens. So U.S. citizens can petition for spouses and children who are under or over 21 years old, married or unmarried, parents and siblings. So I named all those different categories of relatives that a U.S. citizen can petition for. A certain category of those relatives are considered what we call immediate relatives and the other category are not considered immediate relatives and there's a difference in that. So immediate relatives are not subject to the visa bulletin and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But basically the visa bulletin is where certain relatives are subject to this bulletin because only a certain number of visas are issued per year for these categories of relatives. But immediate relatives of U.S. citizens are not subject to this visa bulletin board and there's no there's basically an unlimited amount of visas available for immediate relatives of US citizens. Immediate relatives of US citizens are spouses, parents, and children who are under 21 years old and unmarried. So those are the only people who are considered immediate relatives who are not subject to that waiting period per the visa bulletin. However, siblings and children who are over 21 years old or who are married are subject to that visa bulletin, so there is a waiting period for those people even though they're being petitioned for by a U.S. citizen. Now let's talk about green card holders and who they can petition for. So green card holders can only petition for parents and children who are either under 21 or over 21, but the children cannot be married. What this means is, for example, let's say that you are a parent and you're a green card holder and you want to petition for your daughter and who's unmarried at the time. So you file the petition for your daughter and then she ends up getting married before she gets a green card through your petition. Well, in that scenario, the I-130 or that petition that you filed for her is no longer good. However, let's say that your daughter who you want to petition for is divorced and you want to file a petition for her as a green card holder. In that scenario, you are able to file a petition for your divorced daughter. So now let's talk about the visa bulletin for a little bit. And I will try to make this simple because it's a little bit complicated in how to read this visa bulletin. So what the visa bulletin is, is it basically tells people where immigration is in the process of issuing visas to certain family members who have been petitioned for. The visa bulletin is also used for employment-based immigration, but we won't go there in today's episode since we're just talking about family-based immigration. So this visa bulletin is published every month by the U.S. Department of State, and you can just look it up. Like if you just type in visa bulletin May 2023, it'll pull up the visa bulletin for the month of May. You can also look at previous 
monthly visa bulletins as well. So the visa bulletin is broken up into categories of family members. So you'll see, like if you were to look at the visa bulletin right now, you'll see it looks like a table pretty much and it has like these different columns. So let's talk about the different categories. So they have F1, F2A, F2B, F3, and F4. The F1 category represents unmarried sons and daughters of U.S. citizens who have been petitioned for. The F2A category is for spouses and children of permanent residents. The F2B category is for unmarried sons and daughters who are over 21 years old of green card holders. The F3 category is for married sons and daughters of U.S. citizens. And the F4 category is for brothers and sisters of adult U.S. citizens. The table on the visa bulletin is also broken down by country. Now, it doesn't list every single country, but it lists four of the bigger countries where a lot of the immigrants come from in family-based petitions or employment-based petitions, and then everyone else will fall into the other column, which is for every other country. So it's broken up into those who are born in mainland China, India, Mexico, and the Philippines, and then, and then everyone else will fall into the other column for all the other countries. So on this visa bulletin, there will be dates as well. And what those dates are, are priority dates. The priority date is like the green card applicant's place in line. When a petition is filed for a family member, the USCIS receipt notice, when you receive that, it'll have a little box that says priority date and it'll have the date. And generally the priority date is the day that USCIS received the file and officially started processing the case. This date is important because it will kind of give you an idea of how long it will take for your family member to get a green card. And some of these categories, depending on the relative you're petitioning for, some relatives are going to have to wait a lot longer than other relatives. And also it depends on what country your relative is from. That also plays a factor in how long it could take before your relative is able to get a green card. Let me give you an example of how to look at this bulletin. And it may be helpful if you get a moment to look at the visa bulletin so it kind of makes more sense. Let's say you want to petition for your sister who lives in Mexico. Well, in this scenario, and you're a U.S. citizen because green card holders cannot petition for siblings. So if that's the case where you want to petition for your sister from Mexico, the priority date that is showing on the May 2023 visa bulletin for sibling that is in Mexico is April 1st of 2001. So that means they are now able to issue green cards to people who have a priority date of April 1st of 2001, which is crazy, right? Because that's a really long time. That's about 22 years. So this sibling in Mexico would basically have to wait about 22 years if we're going to look at this visa bulletin for May to, before that sibling will be able to immigrate to the U.S. and get a green card. And this visa bulletin does change month to month. Sometimes it retrogresses, meaning that it goes backwards. So let's say that this month it's showing April 1st, 2001 for a sibling who is in Mexico. Well, for next month or the month after, it could go back even further. It might go back to January 1st of 2000. Supply and demand can dictate when a visa is available for your relative to immigrate here. And unfortunately, there's nothing really that we can do about it. And the number of visas that are available for family members hasn't changed in decades. So Congress hasn't increase the amount of visas available, unfortunately. So that's why there's this huge backlog. It just hasn't kept up with demand. Immigration is definitely one of those topics that's political. And regardless of, I think, where you stand on it, most people can agree that something needs to be fixed with our immigration system. And for me, this is definitely one of those areas that can be fixed because it just doesn't make sense that, that for siblings to be reunited, it can take 
over 20 years before they're able to get a green card and immigrate to the U.S. As I mentioned earlier, immediate relatives of U.S. citizens are not subject to these waiting times. They don't, you don't even have to look at this bulletin if you're a U.S. citizen petitioning for an immediate relative. Those visas are basically what we call immediately available, and there's no waiting for those visas other than obviously waiting for the government to process everything. So if you're a green card holder and you want to petition for certain relatives and you're eligible for citizenship, it might be something to consider applying for citizenship so that your relatives can become green card holders faster. Now I'm going to talk about adjustment of status versus consular processing and how those processes work. So let's start with adjustment of status. So this means that the person is already in the United States and they're wanting to adjust their status to a green card holder. A really common scenario is getting a green card through marriage. So let's walk through the steps of getting a green card through marriage where you're filing for adjustment of status in the U.S. In these cases, one of the spouses has entered the U.S. with a visa, whether it's a tourist visa or a student visa, and they've met a U.S. citizen and they get married. So then what's next? So to start the process of the green card application, the I-130 gets filed. But with an adjustment of status application, as long as a person is eligible to file for the green card and wait in the U.S., then the green card application, work permit, and travel document can be filed all together with that petition. And it can be referred to as a one-step adjustment of status. As I had mentioned, the petition, the work permit, travel permit, green card application can all be filed in one package and mailed to USCIS to basically start the process of the adjustment of status. Obviously, forms have to be done and you can find those on USCIS.gov. Never pay for the actual forms because they're always free on that website, but of course the filing fees are do have to be paid for. Um, but other than that, don't ever pay for the actual forms. So once the file is mailed off, USCIS will then issue receipt notices. The receipt notices confirm that USCIS has received your file and has accepted it for filing. It doesn't mean necessarily that it's ultimately going to get approved, but it just means that it's confirmation that it's been accepted for filing. So we'll issue those receipt notices. The receipt notice will have a receipt number so you can track your case on the USCIS website. You can also create a USCIS account to track your case. And if you create a USCIS account, then you'll get notifications from USCIS when things change on your case. Typically about six weeks after USCIS has accepted the case for filing, the person who is applying for the green card will have a biometrics appointment or a fingerprint appointment. And what that is, is basically all the spouse has to do is go to the appointment, get the fingerprints taken, picture taken, and that's it. It's not an interview or anything, but it, the purpose of that appointment is for USAIS to do a background check on the person who's applying for a green card. After that, the work permit will get issued. Typically, I would say on average, it's about six to eight months. But recently, USAIS has kind of been all over the place with work permits and their processing time. So I've had some clients who received their work permit in a month. And then I've had clients who have waited for close to a year before receiving work permit. And, but I like to give an average of about six months. However, processing times can change at any time without notice and really depends on so many different factors like if suddenly USCIS has received a ton of cases or they're short workers or there's a new policy change and now they're figuring out how to implement everything. So all of those different things can play into processing times. With regards to the travel permit, before they would issue the work permit and travel permit in one card. We would call it like a combo card. So the work permit would serve also as a travel permit. But but for the last little while, USCIS has been separating those and processing them separately. So the work permit will come first and then the travel permits can take a little while. Like you could, it could easily be about a year 
before that travel permit gets approved. And on the topic of travel permits, or technically it's called the advanced parole document, but I'll just call it a travel permit so it makes more sense. But an important thing to keep in mind is that if you do have a pending green card application and you want to leave the U.S., you cannot leave unless you have that approved travel permit. Because if you leave without that and your green card application is pending, then your green card will be considered abandoned by USCIS. And plus, you may not and you probably won't be able to come back into the U.S. if you don't have that travel permit with you. For the actual green card approval, again, that's been kind of interesting lately because for marriage cases, at least for me, it was like toward the end of the year of last year when they started waiving marriage interviews for the green cards and the fastest case for me so far has been four months where you know from the time of filing until my client got the green card was four months and there was no interview so that was super fast Um, I did post a TikTok video about this and I had people commenting like there was somebody that said two months three months so it could come faster so if you're lucky then you may get your green card a lot faster now I've also had clients who have been waiting for a little over a year And in this case, even that is considered within normal processing time. So like I said, it's kind of all over the place with USCIS and how long they're taking. But so the hardest part, I would say, after compiling everything and mailing it off is the waiting because there is just a lot of waiting and kind of dead time where you're like, what's going on with my case? I hope it's still processing. So it is. As long as it's been filed, you receive the receipt notices, it is processing. And if you ever do have any questions, you can always contact the USAIS customer service line. Assuming that all goes well, if the interviews continue to be waived, then, and if you get your green card approved without the interview, then it'll just come in the mail. Now, I don't know how long this will go on with where they're not doing interviews. We'll see. I, they haven't really, USCIS hasn't released any statement about how long they're going to be doing this, but they started waiving the interviews because of their backlog and they're trying to get caught up. So this adjustment of status process can apply to spouses of U.S. citizens and children who are unmarried and under 21 years old of U.S. citizens, as well as parents of U.S. citizens. They're eligible to file for adjustment of status in the U.S. regardless of if they have overstayed their visa. Um, and let's say they're out of status. In those scenarios and for those relatives, they're eligible to file for adjustment of status. And the reason is because those relatives are considered immediate relatives. Now, if it's any other relative like married children or siblings, then in those cases, those relatives of those U.S. citizens would not be eligible to file for adjustment of status unless they have maintained their legal status in the United States And the priority date is current for them to be able to apply for adjustment of status in the U.S. For green card holders, and this may vary month to month depending on the visa bulletin, but for green card holders, spouses of green card holders and, and children who are under 21 years old and unmarried are eligible to file for adjustment of status in the U.S. if the petitioner is a green card holder, if they have maintained their legal status in the U.S., So what that means is if they came in legally with a visa, but it's expired, they're not eligible to file for adjustment of status in the U.S. They would have to leave the U.S. in consular process. And depending on how long they've been in the U.S. out of status, that could trigger potential bars to be able to enter the U.S. again. But if that is your scenario where the petitioner is a green card holder, then you want to make sure that you talk to an immigration attorney to make sure you actually are eligible to file for adjustment of status in the United States. For children who are under 21 years old and unmarried of 
of U.S. citizens as well as parents of U.S. citizens. Typically for those cases, interviews don't usually happen. And this was even before the change recently. Um, Even in the last few years, sometimes we would get interviews and sometimes we wouldn't. But lately, we haven't gotten any interviews for those types of cases either. Let's talk about consular processing and how that works. So in those cases, typically, this is where your relative is in another country and that relative is going to process at a U.S. consulate abroad. So your relative in the foreign country will end up getting what's called an immigrant visa at the U.S. consulate. Then that relative will will be able to enter the U.S. with that visa and the green card will get mailed to the U.S. address that was listed on the application So in the consular process scenario, the first step is filing the petition only. So you would only file the petition because that relative is not here, so they're not eligible to file for adjustment of status. So you file the petition with USCIS, and then you wait for USCIS to approve that petition. And I would say the typical time for that is about a year, give or take. Sometimes the cases can get approved sooner, sometimes they take a little bit longer. So... Upon approval, USCIS will then forward the case to another agency called the National Visa Center. The National Visa Center is responsible for collecting certain documents. And then once they have all the documents they need, they will what we call documentarily qualify the case, meaning that they've received all the documents that are required. And then they'll work with the U.S. consulate abroad to schedule the interview. The interview will get scheduled according to the consulate schedule. And a lot of times people are like, well, how long is it going to take out of this consulate or that consulate? And every consulate varies. Some consulates are way busier than others. Some are understaffed. And that's actually what I've been seeing is there are a lot of consulates that are actually understaffed. So it's actually making cases take longer, unfortunately. And then we have consulates that are just super busy, like the one in Suidad Juarez. That one is basically the busiest consulate in the world. So people are waiting about two years for that interview to get scheduled. So once that interview gets scheduled, your relative will go to that interview with all of the documents that are required. The relative will also have to do a medical exam at a designated medical facility in their country. And that's the same actually for people who are applying for adjustment of status in the U.S. They do have to go to do a medical exam as well with a designated doctor who can do medical exams for immigration purposes. The relative will go to the interview, and if everything looks good, the officer will approve the relative for an immigrant visa. The immigrant visa will get put in the passport. Now, it does take a few days for the consulate to do that, so the consulate will actually take your relative's passport to process it and put the visa in it. And then either your relative can pick it up or it can be mailed to your relative. So the biggest question that most people have is how long is everything going to take? So like I said, so many different factors can affect processing times. And you might have somebody who you know who says, oh, I got my green card in two months or, oh, I got my card. The biggest question that people want to know is how long is everything going to take? So like I had mentioned before, there's so many different factors that can affect processing times. Supply and demand, you know, policy changes, the staffing at these agencies all affect processing times. I would say on average, again, this is an average and I don't want you to hold me to this because it can change at any time. So I can only go off of past experience. I obviously can't tell the future, but on average, I would say for an adjustment of status case, it's about typically a year to year and a half. That would be considered normal. Now, like I said before, we've had cases that have been approved sooner than that. 
So if you're lucky, your case could be approved sooner than that. But again, even if it takes about a year, according to the USCIS website, that's actually still considered within normal processing times. For consular processing cases, now that's going to depend on who the relative is that you're petitioning for. Obviously, if you're petitioning for a relative who's subject to that waiting period, according to the visa bulletin, then it's going to obviously take a lot longer for your relative to come to the U.S. But let's just say that you're a U.S. citizen petitioning for your spouse or child who's living abroad. You're looking at probably about a year and a half or so to two years. I would say that's pretty typical. But again... It really depends on the consulate. It could even be a little bit longer than that. If let's say you're processing out of Ciudad Juarez. If you ever feel like your case is taking forever, you can contact the respective agencies to find out what's going on with your case. You can always look at USCIS.gov and check processing times. And you can look there to see on average how long your type of case is taking for USCIS to process. Now, if your case is taking extremely long and it does is it is actually outside of normal processing time, there's a couple things you can do. You can contact USCIS if your case is with them. You can submit a, what's called a congressional inquiry with your senator's office and they can inquire for you. Sometimes I've had hit or miss luck with those. Sometimes they're super helpful and sometimes they can't really help because in some ways their hands are tied too. Another option is you can file a lawsuit against these agencies depending again where your case is at and whether or not it's appropriate to do that but that is also an option if your case is taking way too long and it's considered way outside of processing times. But I would typically start with inquiring with the agencies themselves to see what's going on and then submitting a congressional inquiry and then I would say at that point, if you're still not getting anything, then you could consider filing a lawsuit. But hey, if you're eligible to file a lawsuit and you don't want to deal with all of those agencies, then by all means, you can do that and that will get you a response. Now, let's talk about fiancé visas briefly. So, and I can delve into it more in another episode, but fiancé visas are only available to U.S. citizen petitioners. So only U.S. citizens can file for a fiancé visa. With a fiancé visa, this is where your fiancé is in another country. You can't do a fiancé visa where your fiancé is in the U.S. and you want to process the fiancé visa in the U.S. That's just not possible. So it's very similar to the consular processing for a spouse. So it starts off with the fiancé visa petition. So you file the petition first with the USCIS. Once they approve it, they will then actually forward it to the consulate to let the consulate know that it can proceed with the fiancé visa processing. And again, different consulates kind of run a little bit differently with how they do fiancé visas. So some consulates will actually schedule the interview for the fiancé visa interview. Others will have you schedule it on your own through a website. The fiancé will also have to do a medical exam abroad prior to the interview. And the interview will take place with the consular officer. And if everything looks good, then the officer will approve your fiancé for a fiancé visa and put it in his or her passport. And then the fiancé will then enter the U.S. with that fiancé visa. Upon entering the U.S., you have to get married within 90 days of when your fiancé enters. Once you're married, your fiancé can then file for adjustment of status. So in that case, you don't have to do the petition again because you've already done the petition with the fiancé petition. So your fiancé would just need to file the green card application, work permit, and the travel permit application, as well as the affidavit of support. And the affidavit of support is also required in the adjustment of status cases that I had talked about earlier. 
And basically the affidavit of support is where the petitioner, so anybody who's petitioning for a family member has to fill this out and basically say that they will be financially responsible for the immigrating family member and that if the immigrating family member gets on certain types of public benefits, then the petitioner will reimburse the government. The purpose of that is so that the immigrating family member won't become what we call a public charge or rely on government benefits. Some things to keep in mind when you're going through all of these immigration processes is make sure that you file all of the correct documents, make sure that the forms are filled out correctly. Now USCIS can be forgiving at times. If you forget to file a document or there's something missing in your file after you've already filed it with them, typically they'll issue what's called a request for evidence letter, which will tell you what's missing and a deadline of when you need to submit that evidence by. So they won't typically just outright deny your case. But again, making sure that you have everything together properly filed is going to be your best outcome because it'll result in less delays, obviously, because if they do issue a request for evidence, then your case will be delayed a little bit. Another thing to keep in mind is that sometimes documents get lost. So even though you're like, I know I submitted this birth certificate, why are they asking for it again? Make sure you respond because they're dealing with so many documents that unfortunately sometimes things get lost. I mean, it's not out of the question that something like that couldn't happen. So if you do get a request for evidence, even if you think it's silly, make sure you respond to it. Do not ignore it because if you ignore it, they will probably deny your case. It's just not worth it. So make sure you respond to any of those requests for evidence letters. Another thing is patience. I know that this process can be very stressful for people. For some people, this has been years of waiting to be able to apply for a green card. So it can be very Um, stress inducing and it can give people a lot of anxiety but again you have to be patient with USCIS and government agencies because that's what happens when you're dealing with government agencies sometimes and like I said you can inquire with these different agencies to find out what's going on with your case sometimes you might get a response that you won't like like for example your case is still processing we can't give you an anticipated time of when your case will be completed And that's frustrating. Sometimes that will happen. And in those scenarios, like I said, you have the option of doing a congressional inquiry or if you want to come out with guns blazing, you can file a lawsuit against those agencies to get them to move on your case. Hopefully this was helpful to give you a general idea of the family-based green card immigration process.